Hi, this is Bob Stein with the University of Pittsburgh Institute for Entrepreneurial Excellence. And if you want to develop great communication skills, you need to be listening to the Art of the Communication podcast with my great good friend, Greg Rice. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. Hey guys, today I'm sitting down with Bob Stein. Bob is the Associate Vice Chancellor of Innovation and Entrepreneurship at the University of Pittsburgh's Katz Graduate School of Business. He's also the Executive Director of the Institute for Entrepreneur Excellence there at the University of Pittsburgh. And he's a longtime technology entrepreneur himself from his teenage years. So we talk about a lot of really interesting stuff. The first is how he was able to build relationships with tech icons like, like Steve Ballmer early in his entrepreneurial journey, just when he was a teenager, he was connecting with Steve, and it was huge for his business, so so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about overall the importance of building a strong network if you hope to build a business, and we'll get into his strategies for communicating in different ways to a large variety of different stakeholders who have different needs, right? So the community, the university, entrepreneurs, his employees, students, his interns, he has to speak a little bit differently to all those folks based on what they're looking for, right? So a really interesting conversation around how he communicates to lead his organization. And he's been helping entrepreneurs succeed for many years. So if you're looking to start a business, I think there's a lot that you can learn from Bob in this episode. Bob, welcome to the Art of Communication podcast. Really excited to have you on today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you have so much expertise around the entrepreneurial startup world. I'm excited to dive into all the communications topics that surround that. But if we could just kind of kick it off by talking about how you just got started in the entrepreneurial space. Well, I think I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So <laughs> I think I, I was born an entrepreneur. I started a business at a very young age. Uh, I come from a family business. So uh, I think, you know, I, I think it was just in my blood from the beginning, helping businesses and, uh, you know, running my own business. Tell me a little bit about a little bit about that first company that you started and kind of how you how you got it started. Absolutely. So I had a uh, an online publication for Microsoft products that I started when I was fourteen. It was called oh, ActiveWin.com, and um, it was before blogs and everything like that became popular. So there wasn't too many too many websites on the web uh, on the internet at that time, and. Um, you know, one thing led to another, and uh, lo and behold, this 14-year-old has a company. <laughs> that's, that's pretty amazing. What, what inspired you to kind of to start that? I don't know if I had any inspiration. You know, we, uh, we started working um, on Microsoft products, and what does a 14-year-old, uh, what Microsoft product is a 14-year-old excited about it in their games? So we started with games and then branched off from there. It, it, in the day, day, it was one of the largest Microsoft-oriented uh, websites on the internet. Very cool. And I know that you kind of built quite a network in that space and got to do a lot of cool interviews, most notably with Steve Ballmer from Microsoft. So I'd love to get your thoughts on how you 
kind of built that network and, and how you were able to get an interview with somebody like that? Well, building network is important. And the, the bigger, net, bigger the network you have, you know, the more you can utilize the network to advance your own career and they can utilize you. Uh, I think the key is to have having uh, authentic and genuine relationships. Don't be don't don't be a fake. Mm-hmm. And be sincere and building your relationships, and you know they grow over time. And uh, when you know, and uh, it, it's a natural progression. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it isn't built in a day either. It takes time. And- yeah, definitely. And you have to kind of manage every relationship and make sure that you're bringing value to that relationship. And like you said, you're being authentic. Um, and then good things just happen over time, I think. But people like Steve Ballmer or Meg Whitman, for example, from HP, who I also interviewed, just don't be afraid to walk up to, if you ever see them, uh, you know, uh, if there's a person you ever want to meet, don't be afraid of just walking up and saying hello and uh, introducing yourself or sending them an email. That's, that's how I did it. And you know, it, it, it tends to work. So did you send, send them emails? Did you see them in person? How'd that go? Uh, well, because of the website, uh, both. So, uh, I was able to, I had a little edge up on that, but in other instances, when I just wanted to meet people and I happened to see them, I just walked up and said, hello. Yeah. And, and it went from there. Take some courage, but you never know where, where it'll go. Yeah. I've never had a person who I walked up, say hello. Uh, when I went up to say hello to them, I never had a person say, please don't say hello to me. You know, <laughs> That's the truth. Now, are you prepping what you're going to say before you do that? I guess you're walking up, I'm going to I'm gonna tell them this point, this point, this point. Or is it just like, hey, my it's name's not Bob. That, it's do. not that scripted. It's, and then that, that goes back to my point about being authentic and genuine, you know, um, and yeah. that's the way to work. And I, I still do that today. I'm not, you know, I'm afraid, I'm not afraid to meet anybody. Very cool. Very cool. So today you are leading the Institute for Entrepreneur Excellence at the University of Pittsburgh. So yes. you do guys do a ton of great work for entrepreneurs. So tell me a little bit about what you guys do. Well, we, we provide education, consulting, and networking to business owners in Western Pennsylvania. Our, our mission is economic development. So at the end of the day, we want to increase five key metrics. We want to increase the business's revenue, their profitability, add investment to a business, um, either add or save jobs for a business, and then increase the number of startups in the region. So we work with more than a thousand businesses a year from uh, pizza shops all the way to large family businesses. Um, So everyone in between. Any kind of big success stories that, that you could share over the years? I'm sure you have hundreds, but... There's so many. I mean, especially with this, the pandemic occurring this mm-hmm. year, we were able to work with business owners very quickly, even working from home to get them their PPP loans and their uh, SBA loans. You know, it's, uh, it's not one big highlight of the success story, but working with hundreds of individual businesses who really appreciated the help in getting their loan. Um, That was very important. Yeah. And I think that it's probably a bit of a shame that there's lots of businesses around the country that don't even know organizations like yours exist that they can go to for help with things like that. 
Yeah, definitely. Even in Pittsburgh, I mean, we, you know, in the end of June, when we thought we almost helped everybody in Pittsburgh get a PPP <laughs> loan, uh, I met a business owner who um, he'd never even heard of it. And we were able to help him. But it's important that business owners, you know, understand that organizations like the IEE are out there to, to help them. Yeah, yeah. And I have to talk about the Small Business Development Centers, too, and the fact that they are all across the country. So no matter where you're at, there's an SBDC in your area, even if there's not something broader like the IEE surrounding it. Absolutely. Uh, The SBDCs are, we're part of a statewide network, and which is part of a national network. And um, you can look up your local SBDC by going to americasbdc.org so that's plural americasbdc.org very cool and you guys help with a lot of things not just getting financing for emergency sba loans but right marketing hiring all sorts of stuff anything you can anything you can think of business plans and marketing plans e-commerce social media uh, hr questions getting loans for all type of things new building new equipment we're, we're really good at uh, the gamut. Yeah, yeah. So you've worked with so many entrepreneurs. What would you say are the, uh, or at least a couple anyway, keys to starting a successful business? Well, I, one thing I always noticed uh, in working with all these business owners and entrepreneurs over the years is their high energy. Mm. Uh, I say that is something that most entrepreneurs have, very high energy. So if you're not a high energy Person. I don't know. I would question your ability to keep up with the other entrepreneurs. So that's, <laughs> you know, that's important. You know, entrepreneurs are also risk takers. You have to be willing to accept some risk and to pursue their uh, business endeavor. Uh, a lot of things don't work in business and you just got to dust yourself off and try again and, and, and keep pursuing and, and um, you know, keep pursuing your, your goals. What are some of the bigger pitfalls you see folks fall into? Well, I think, especially in, uh, in our business at IEE, I think I, I sometimes I see some business owners who think they know everything. Mm-hmm. And I can tell them they don't know everything. And if they think they know everything, they probably don't know many things. So <laughs> uh, they have to be willing to accept help. And, you know, uh, what's the old book? It takes a village, right? It does take yeah. a village. It takes every. Don't be afraid to ask for help and get as much help from, from uh, anyone you can get. And um, so. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I mean, help in specific areas, but also connection to a much broader network of resources and people, other people who can help or potential investment partners. There's so many things to plug into that you can't possibly be connected to everything that you need to be connected to in your own network. Right. Uh, having a network uh, and uh, connecting, you know, there's uh, there's some research behind uh, um, connecting with super networkers. People have super networks. Mm. And th- that's also key. You know, I joke with some people. I mean, I, I have some friends in Pittsburgh and I said, well, you know, you, uh, you know, one half of the city and I know the other half and so together <laughs> we know everybody. And so that's important. Uh, make sure if you want to build your network, try to reach out to uh, and meet with people who have expanded networks already. For sure. Ah, that's a great point. That's a great point. So change topics a little bit. So y- 
the IEE sits at a really interesting intersection, right? Between education and government and community and business. Uh, I'd love to get a feel for you from you on how you communicate with all those different stakeholders, right? How you craft your message differently for different groups who need a different message. It's hard. It's hard, Greg. Um, you know, that's probably one of the toughest parts of my job is, uh, you know, we have so many stakeholders and everybody's mm-hmm. equally as important. So um, you, you just got to find a common theme between all of them and communicate the impact that you, uh, you know, or your, your business is making. And, you know, like I said, went back about building your network. Just be communicate regularly. Don't leave them hanging. It fall off on your word and, you know, go from there. You know, my word is, you know, typically I think my word is good as gold. So I don't, uh, if I I commit something, I I commit to it even sometimes to my detriment, my wife says. So, uh, (laughs) you know, just make sure you follow through with your communication to the stakeholders and that's very helpful. Yeah, I think it comes down to understanding like what their unique needs are in relation to what you do. And then, uh, you know, just tailoring the value of what you do to those needs, right? Like you said, right. it's, um, there's some consistency of the story, but also some differentiation in the story, depending upon who you're talking to. Right. Yeah, so, definitely. You also lead an organization at the IEE of a variety of different folks, right? Some really senior experienced folks, some a bunch of interns, undergrad interns yeah. and everything in between, right? So right, tell me a everybody. little bit about your leadership style and how you manage so many different levels of folks? Well, I try, uh, you know, I think I define my le- leadership style at one point as being a uh, very collaborative style and it takes a little longer to lead that way uh, to get everybody's input and opinion. But mm-hmm. usually that, uh, that length of time you spend up front pays off in the back end because everybody agrees, everybody's in agreement on the path forward. And I, I try not to micromanage people, uh, try to uh, let them lead uh, their own programs and areas. And uh, usually that seems to work. Yeah. And having great people, right? Being able yeah. to hire great people for your team. How, That's important. As you're kind of interviewing folks, I'm curious of how you assess kind of cultural fit. How do you assess if they'll be a good fit for the organization? Well, culture is definitely, definitely important. You have some very competent people who, um, who are very smart and very capable who don't fit culturally and uh, they backfired. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I think in my learning and my leadership uh, as I grew, um, that's some of the mistakes I made. I fell in love with the person because they were capable and smart and, and competent, but they didn't fit culturally. And ultimately, that backfired on us. So during the interviews, you want to make sure, you know, make sure they have a, a cultural fit. You know, look for look for some traits that um, you know that uh, make good workers and um, good team good team members. People need to be willing to own up to making mistakes and learning and sure. and growing, and that's important in any any part employees development. Yeah. Well, just like you said about your clients, right? They have to be willing to realize that they need help and that they don't know everything and, and that right, they, exactly. they can learn. And I like to think most people bring it to the table, but not everybody for sure. Right. I've certainly experienced the other side of that coin. So 
changing topics again a bit. So you do a ton of education for entrepreneurs. I'd love to hear how you kind of understand what topics to focus on and, and how you really connect with folks on those topics and make sure that um, they're walking away with really effective action steps. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we there's a three-prong approach to finding a good speaker uh, for uh, for at least for IE. Uh, they have to be interesting, affordable, and available. If one of those, <laughs> if one of those three things doesn't work, then we're not going to have them speak. Well, I like to have uh, speakers who have some business experience, who aren't just professional speakers, but have some real life um, real life experience. Um, we had uh, a couple of years ago, we had the owner of Just Born Incorporated, and they make the peeps. And, uh, you know, was he a perfect, polished, professional speaker? No. But was it very interesting, relevant uh, content that provided, you know, a couple takeaways to everybody who attended? Yes. And so those tend to be the most more popular speakers when you um, you get people like that. And, you know, trying to have, have a wide variety of topics, uh, you know, we want to focus heavily in, in too many, you know, areas. Maybe we'll do leadership or negotiation or family business. You know, we try to mix it up. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Last topic for you before we dive into some questions that I just asked everybody who I have on the show. Sure. But topics around innovation, like you're really involved with a lot of the innovation that's happening at the university. And I'd love to get your thoughts on just the importance of communication and in even relationships to the innovation process and diversity. I think all three of those things are important to innovating. Yeah, I mean, um, diversity is very important. If businesses want to stay on the competitive edge, they they need to be diverse. Um, they need to spend some time being intentional with diversity. And I think businesses that are, have uh, good diversity practices and more and are representative of the greater population. Um, will be more successful in the end. And diversity is good. It has, it brings together people who have different backgrounds and different, uh, different ideas at different, uh, on different subjects. And it, it, it's, it's better for everybody. Yeah, completely agree. And I think the range of opinions that, you know, different viewpoints have to come together to understand innovation. Like when I've been involved in university based innovation, right, there's usually a great technology and research, but maybe not a business case everybody understands and you got to bring together some viewpoint of well, what's the customer need? How do we bring it to market? Bring that business expertise and connecting it with the research expertise right? to really find a, a viable opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and when people are together and sharing ideas easily, that just spurs innovation. So yeah, for sure. It's good for businesses. So a couple remaining questions that I try to ask everybody who I have on the show. Great. The first is around the power of conversation, right? I believe that one conversation can change the direction that you take in your life. So I always like to ask the folks on the show, if there's a conversation you can point to in your life that had a really meaningful impact on the direction you ended up taking. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question, Greg. Uh, I've had, you know, I think I've had, I've had several. I think I've uh, had conversations, had a conversation once with a senior leader in the university uh, and, uh, you know, uh, 
and explain, I was just picking her brain on, you know, leadership and how she came to her leadership over time. And um, she was very helpful in giving me some insight on, on uh, my own leadership. Uh, also, it's always good to have conversations with people who are outside of your bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, as one at one time when I was uh, uh, interested in this position I have now, I had a conversation with a person who, who said, you're completely selling yourself all wrong. You'll never get this job uh, the way you're describing yourself. And, you know, let me help you just, just, you know, from what an outsider sees of you. And that was very helpful. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's always it's always good. Nothing really ever bad ha- happens when you have conversations. So, I, I try to have more more have them more often than not. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Right. So, second question: As you think about all that you've accomplished so far to date, if there's one communication skill that you could have had in more abundance that would have made it easier, what would that have been? Well, you know, uh, I think I think. Public speaking took some time to really hone in on. And, you know, I was nervous at first. Mm-hmm. And there really is nothing to be nervous about. And that took mm-hmm. some practice and, you know, uh, some getting used to. But uh, now it comes naturally. So that was one thing that I always was a little apprehensive of early on. Yeah, and I can certainly relate to that. I um, hated public speaking until I took a role that had me speaking for two hours at a time in front of an audience, and yeah. you just kind of you just kind of get comfortable up there over time. Exactly. You know, you can't be nervous for two hours. <laughs> no. Uh. Uh-uh. Right. Just um, picture them in your underwear, in their, in their in their underwear. It's exactly. It always helps me to remember that they're all rooting for you. It's very uncomfortable if you're in an audience and the speaker seems uncomfortable themselves, right? right. And they're fumbling around. You want them to do well, and so right. your audience, same thing, right? They're not looking for you to mess up. They want you to succeed, so they're on your side. Plus, they don't want to be speaking themselves, so they're happy that you're up there doing it. <laughs> That's the truth. Everybody's scared of it, more or less, <laughs> one way or another. All right. So, last question. Who's the best communicator that you know, either know personally or know of? And why do you say that about them? Huh. I don't know. I mean, I have to think about that one. You know, my colleagues at the university are very good in their own special ways. Mm -hmm. Rhonda Carson-Leach, she runs a couple of our programs and she has such poise and polish as she speaks. Ray uh, Varga, who runs our SBDC, you know, he, he always has done a great job at, um, you know, speaking to, to business owners. My predecessor, who will be on your show, uh, Ann Dugan, mm-hmm. always did a great job in connecting with the audience. So I had some great examples uh, in my career of, of some great speakers. And um, they're all, I think, equally good. And I take cues from all of them. So. Just be confident, go up there, smile, and the rest is history. Yeah, and as you said, those examples, and I do know some of those folks, um, and and just to share with the audience that, and and very different styles, right? And that's okay, right? Being a great communicator doesn't mean one thing. It means that you know how to connect with your audience, which can be very different. And it also means, I think, that you do it in an authentic way, which also has something to do with who you are. So it can be done a lot of different ways, but you can still be great at it. Definitely. So final, final question, where can the audience find you, what you're up to? Where can they look for help from the IEE and the SBDC? 
Absolutely. Uh, visit our website at entrepreneur.pit.edu. Uh, or uh, you can reach us uh, via email at ie at innovation.pit.edu, and we'd be happy to help you with your business. Uh, most of our services are provided at no cost, so happy to help you. Yeah, and if you're in Western Pennsylvania, definitely recommend it. A great resource. And if you're not, again, like we talked about earlier, I'd look into who the Small Business Development Center is in your area because they can assist you wherever you're at. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks so much for the time today, Bob. I thought it was a great conversation. I think um, folks looking to start up businesses are hopefully taking away a lot of valuable um, tools from our conversation today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Greg. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the communication nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.